Welcome back to Airbnb, and hopefully you didn't miss me for too long. I kept getting tons of messages about when the next episode was coming out, and honestly, something just had to give. I've been working on a ton of projects and one that's going to be coming out really soon, like at the end of the month soon. So literally, I think I'm about a week and a half out at this point. (laughs) And I felt completely overwhelmed between my YouTube content and brand deals and salon ownership in person education. So unfortunately, this podcast had to take a backseat for a long minute. And I appreciate your patience with this free education that I give. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about overnight overnight success and how to achieve it. But actually, we're not going to be talking about that whatsoever because overnight success just does not exist at all. I just posted something on Airbnb podcast Instagram, and it was a quote that I had in my notes, and I can't remember exactly where I saw it. But it came back up in another podcast that I listened to called Freelance Friday. Um, And it was something along the lines of this. The day that you plant the seed is not the day that you eat the fruit. So listen to that again. The day that you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Welcome to Hair B&B, a podcast about hair, beauty and business. Hi, I'm Marilla Manelli, and I help hairstylists just like you streamline this entrepreneur roller coaster you're on so you can start feeling like the CEO that you are. So grab a glass and be ready to simplify your hair, beauty, and business goals. All right, so today's uh, drink is a venti iced oat milk shaken espresso. I don't even know how to say this thing. It's so freaking long. Um, And then if you happen to hear some noise in the background, I do have my four-year-old here because in addition to me running multiple businesses, I do have four kids. Um, So fortunately, one is taking a nap and the other one I had to bring to the salon with me. So she'll be coloring hopefully quietly in the background here. This is the reality of my life. Um, I know it's just so so many crazy things that, that things that women do, especially moms um, juggling entrepreneurship and uh, work life and and all of that, really. Um, So I wanted to start out by letting you guys know, I'm actually reading a book that's been around for a minute, but um, I thought I'd share it with you because it's really kind of what's boosted my creativity and kind of like jump-started this like um, kind of you know, just all of my life of all the things I'm doing, it just kind of reiterated to me and I'm not even done reading it, but I want to share it with you anyways. But it just kind of validated all of the work that I've been doing these past few years. And it's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And I honestly think that everybody should read this book because basically it's about how to jumpstart your income for your life and your success. And if you want to check that book out and especially if you like need a little bit of motivation throughout the week, um, be sure to check out the link in the description in the show notes. Um, again, I really think that, you know, if you enjoy reading books and I, I think they even have like an audio version of it as well, it will be really beneficial to just your life in general. Honestly, it's just very motivating. The, the little things that it takes to get to success. 
Um, especially if you're, you're into entrepreneurship and you uh, are an independent hairstylist and you just feel like you're getting nowhere. I think when you read the book, you're like, hey, it's like a nice little reminder to know that you really are getting somewhere. So today I'm going to be talking a little bit about my journey and how I got started. And between that quote um, that I want that I just shared with you and this book that I'm reading right now, I really thought I needed to reintroduce myself and tell you a little bit more about who I am and what my journey consists of, because I think a lot of you see the success and then you just don't see the struggles and all the work that goes into it. So let's start from 1998. Painting the picture here for little high school Morella. Um, and I think it's really important to go back to the beginning exactly where all of this started. But essentially, uh, I fell into cosmetology and this hair industry completely by accident. So if you can imagine for just a moment, I'm in 11th grade and I was a really great student. As a matter of fact, 3.83 GPA. And remember to this day, it was really prided myself on good grades. I really enjoyed, uh, are you ready for it? Math. I loved math. I loved uh, pre-cal, which is what I was uh, studying. I took some college courses for that as well. I just really enjoyed problem solving. And that was like what I thought I was going to do for my life was become a math major and just kind of didn't know what it was that I was going to fall into hated English, hated history, hated all that shit. I just like really loved math. I, I, I was that kid that would be excited to see how fast I could finish my math homework um, because it was just fun to me. It was like a puzzle. So I just wanted to paint the picture of how nerdy I was at this point. Um, but in 10th grade and 11th grade, my friends were like, hey, we can go to cosmetology and like hang out. We can like leave high school at 12 o'clock and then drive to Temecula to this like hole in the wall beauty school called Royale College of Beauty. And we can just like hang out and have fun and do hair all day. And I was like, OK, that kind of sounds fun. I'm going to chat with my mom and see if that's even like a good idea. So I remember chatting with my mom and about it and I was like hey you know I'm all done with all of my credits I'm a really good student like I have nothing left to do I don't really like anything else and I just thought it'd be kind of fun to go hang out with my friends and do hair and then I can learn a trade so by the time that I'm graduating and going to high school or to college I'll have like a job that I can do part-time because you know we all think that doing hair is like so easy you know when you first get into it so my mom actually agreed um and she was like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. You'll have like a little side job while you go to college and you can make some money and pay for things. Like, I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. So I signed up, enrolled. Fast forward, um, all of my like eight or nine friends that signed up for this cosmetology program, all of them completely dropped out like after like the first couple months. And the main reason why was because we did a lot of elderly people's hair. Um, we also had to do pedicures and manicures and all of those things. But if you can think of like doing like a little old lady hair, you know, they don't wash their hair for like a couple weeks sometimes. Um, and I just remember my friends were like, I'm totally disgusted washing dirty hair all day. Like it smells like I don't want to do it and I hate it. And that to me really just, it honestly didn't bother me at all. Um, the thing that really intrigued me about cosmetology school was when I started learning color theory. 
uh, I always enjoyed art. I loved drawing and painting. So this is kind of where like that little creativity that I had really, you know, kind of sparked in that cosmetology program. So anyway, needless to say, I stuck with the cosmetology program. And by the time I was graduating high school in 1999, I already had my license and I was ready to kind of go into the hair world. And I decided to still go to college because that was the agreement my parents and I made. And if I went to college, I would have been the first person in my entire family on both sides to actually go to college and graduate college with a degree. So just to kind of give you a little backstory here, my mom is from Ecuador and my dad is actually first generation American as well. So, uh, but he always owned a business and was an entrepreneur. So I had two different perspectives here on what life should be like for myself. Um, You know, my mom being from, you know, South America, she just was very passionate about, you know, you need to go to school, you need to get education, you need this piece of paper to tell you to validate who you are and how much money you make. And then I had my dad who built his business from the ground up that was very passionate about you need to do what makes you happy in life and you need to make sure that if you're going to school it has a purpose and you're not wasting your time and your your life doing something you don't enjoy and so I was really kind of struggling between these two things and the more and more I, I saturated myself into the salon the more I started withdrawing from school. So I went to college for two years. I ended up just going to a community college at the time because again, I kind of was conflicted. I didn't know what path I wanted to make and I wanted to make my mom proud and I also wanted to make my dad proud. And then I was struggling with just being like a young adult trying to figure out life. I mean, 20s, you're like, Late teens and early 20s just really suck because you're expected to know what the hell you're supposed to do as an adult, but you just are a brand new adult and you have no freaking clue. So you're relying on people who have the experience to kind of lead you and guide you. And sometimes they can just sway you in the wrong direction, depending on their upbringing and, and what their experiences are. So I went to school and I was going to school less and less and I was being at the salon more and more and one day my dad sat next to me on my bed and I think I remember I just got in this huge fight with my mom um, I lived in a very like toxic household I would say overall but my dad sat next to me and he was like do you really like going to school and I was like no I freaking hate it I hate school I hate college now I don't even know what I'm doing there like at this point I was like I'm probably gonna get you know my degree in business I just really didn't know what I needed to do and he decided to kind of share something with me that I never knew about him but he had an opportunity to go to medical school on a scholarship and he also was in the army and he had you know a a way to go to school while in the military and he grew up in the 50s 
uh, in the 60s. And at that time, like cars were like the it thing. So like if you weren't a greaser, you like you just weren't fucking cool. So my dad was just like really passionate about cars. That was like his jam. And he decided to turn down college so he could become a full time mechanic. And fast forward, his businesses were really successful. I had a really great uh, teen years because while I was a child, he still was uh, in the infancy phases of his business. But uh, my teen years were very comfortable. Um, You know, I remember the like looking back now, I can kind of see like the growth in the business from when I was really, really young to like you know, the different type of houses that I lived in. So I had a very fortunate, uh, comfortable teen years. I got literally anything I really wanted. My dad was well off and could take care of us. So, um, and he just, you know, sat me down and he was like, uh, I want to, I wanted to tell you this because, and I don't want you telling your mom this, (laughs) but if you don't like school, like you should just not do that. But if you love doing hair, you need to do more of that because when you love what you do, the money will come. He was like, just make sure that if that's the path that you want to take, you want to do hair, make sure that you are the best at it. So go to extra classes, learn everything there is about doing hair that's going to make you the best at that job that the money will come and it was from that conversation that I decided to live my life for myself and the reason why I kind of say it that way to something I kind of left out is when I got my cosmetology license it was something that initially my mom supported me in but it was not something that she was proud of And it was also something that even my grandmother at one point, I remember she had told me, this is my mom's mom, that she was like, so you're going to wash dirty people's heads for a living? And I always, I always remember that kind of stuck with me because I was like, no, it's, it's way more than washing people's dirty heads. Like, that's not what I'm doing here. Um, I really felt this passion behind the art and the science of hair color. And I just loved cutting hair and I love styling. I loved, I literally literally wanted to know everything about it. And just like my dad said, I had this strong passion that I wanted to be the best at it. So from that moment on that I had that conversation with my dad, I decided that I was going to drop out of college and I was going to dedicate all of my time to knowing everything about hair I ended up working full-time at a salon in Marietta. Um, And then I'll get into where else I started, but I worked at the salon and I decided to go to every single class that Maylie's had to offer. So back in the day, Maylie's was, um, or I'm sorry, back in the day, salon centric used to be called Maylie's out here on the West Coast. And then they got bowed out by L'Oreal, turned into Salon Centric, and here we are today. So Maylie's was the main distributor at the time. And it was like the cool place where you could go get your Redken and, and all of that. So I took literally every single Redken class. And Redken was very uh, kind of up and coming with education in the late 90s. So that's where I spent all of my time, literally. Literally. 
And after taking a couple classes, I would watch these educators educating all of these hairstylists. I would go to hair shows, no matter where I was at. And I was that stylist that would stay behind and ask the educator, how did you get where you're at today? And how can I do what you're doing? At 18 years old, that's what I did. And I would get, I would just collect all this information. It was things like you need to network, you need to become better at your craft, perfect your craft, make sure you're working at a, a you know, a reputable salon. I mean, things were so much different because now we have the internet, but <laughs> we have Instagram and we have all of these things that can, can kind of connect us. But I literally took all that information. I instantly knew that I wanted to be an educator. That's where I wanted to live. And I knew I couldn't be an educator at 18, 19, 20 years old, but I eventually that's where I wanted to be. So I had to start those baby steps to get there and, and all the things that I needed to, to do. Fast forward another year at almost 21, I ended up getting married and moving to Alaska, a totally different story, still married to the guy to this day. But at 21, I did get married and I moved out of state and I thought, you know, I'm going to figure out life, but I still did hair in Alaska. I ended up working at uh, an on-base hair salon where I did all sorts of textures of hair and I learned a lot about that. Um, Actually, let me back up first too. I forgot to mention really integral part of my my story is that I worked my very first place I ever worked at was a barbershop and it was because I was terrified of doing men's cuts and the second one was updos which ironically I teach updos now but um but barbering was like my first thing so I worked at this little hole in the wall barbershop um off of Telegraph Road in Pico Rivera and I found this lady her name was um uh, I think her name was like, gosh, hopefully she doesn't listen to this episode if I botch it, but I think it might've been like Irma or something. Um, But anyway, she was really nice and I effed up so many men's haircuts. It was ridiculous. Um, But fortunately I was 18 years old with the banging body. So all of the men that I would cut uh, and fuck up their haircuts. Um, they still tipped me really well and would ask me out on dates and it wasn't no big deal. And then the salon owner would come over and fix it for me and it was no big deal. So and there you go. Um, could never do that today, but <laughs> back in the day, that's what, how I handled it. Um, so once I became really comfortable with doing men's haircuts, that's when I ended up working at a different salon where I could you know, get comfortable with styling and updos and and all of that. And I even dedicated a lot of my free time to some of these Redken artists to help them backstage. And that's really what I did. I did a lot of free, I dedicated my free time so I could work and network with these artists and these educators so I can make these connections. But, you know, again, year later, uh, being young and, and falling in love, you just kind of get married and then your dreams get pushed aside. I don't know why I did that. But anyway, like I said, I'm still married to the guy and fast forward, obviously like I'm doing amazing now. So, um, Alaska learned a lot of different textures. I actually worked with this lady, um, on the on-base hair salon who was black and she really was the first person that educated me on textured hair. And there were a ton of New Yorkers, lots of Puerto Ricans and uh, 
just people, like I said, a lot of textured hair in Alaska, ironically, of all places. It's like Fairbanks, Alaska, for those of you that are, are from Alaska. Um, and yeah, I, I got a lot of great experience there and I made a lot of friends and um, some that I still have to this day. And then I ended up moving um, because of the military again to Fort Irwin, which is like halfway to Las Vegas in California, um, kind of close to Barstow. And I also worked at another salon there where I just kind of was just getting by. Got pregnant, had a baby. Okay. So at this point, my career still has not catapulted. I am 24, 25 years old. And my husband decides that he's going to get out of the army and we need to transition into civilian life here. And I'm kind of like, wow, I had gotten my career started had a full clientele at like 20 years old made all these great connections with Redkin. And now all that shit's out the window because I didn't continue on my journey, but I decided to get married and go into motherhood and all these things, Um, which again, totally fine. If that's the path you want to take. I just knew that my heart was really like, I wanted to be that educator. That's where I wanted to, to be. And that's that fire was still in me and I needed to make myself proud and I needed to, uh, just yeah kind of get my career where I wanted it to be and a a lot of that has to do with two uh that fire in me was because one of the things um this is super personal that I'm about to share with you but one of the things that last things that my mom had told me was that one day I was going to need her and I wanted to prove that I wasn't going to need her at all knowing that I was quitting college and that I was going into hair and that she was not proud of me for choosing that career. So that was always in the back of my head. So when we got out of the military, we moved to Orange County and I stumbled upon this hair salon, corporate hair salon. It was called Ulta. So Ulta back in 2005 was really not a big deal at all in California. A lot of people did not know about it. But I started at Ulta in 2005 and I chose this structure because of two reasons. Number one, it was a brand new company out on the West Coast. Number two, I had a small baby and a family where I needed to have the health insurance and kind of this steady amount of clientele coming in, even though a lot of people didn't know about the salon but they had this storefront that had at least 200 people, 250 people that will walk through the doors every single day. So it almost was like set up for success for me in order to build a clientele. And the goal wasn't for me to stay there long-term, but I just honestly didn't know where it was going to take me. I just knew I needed to quickly move somewhere and build a clientele quickly. And this was the best avenue for me at that time because again, Instagram wasn't a thing yet. There was no way for you to network with people and get your name out other than handing out a business card. So I worked at Ulta. I ended up being a salon manager. Um, And all of these little jobs that I had between working in Alaska and then also in Barstow, I was a manager at those two locations or eventually had become one. So that gave me the experience to put on my resume to then become a manager at Ulta. So working at Ulta, again, I was super passionate, brand new space, and they continued to expand. And then I quickly became uh, kind of like the go-to salon manager to train 
other levels of management. So general managers, assistant managers, floor managers, other salon managers on operations, as well as educational things that hadn't quite launched yet. And this is before uh, Ulta's partnership with Redken. Uh, So I ended up opening up four different locations. So the very first location that I worked out of was the Ulta in Huntington Beach. The second location was the uh, Teston, um, Irvine Teston location. And then the third one was the Lake Forest location uh, in California. And then I also helped with the RSM a little bit and the new brand new Newport Beach location. So I was kind of all over the place. Now I did partner um, with other levels of management. I did a lot of things and I was at Ulta for nine years. I got paid extremely well. I took that whole salon team to be one of the top five salons in the country a couple times. Um, they had this thing called Club of Excellence. And so I, I won that and I really prided myself on helping other stylists build their business. And I knew that I was like, okay, I feel like I am the best at what I'm doing right now at Ulta. And now there's this cap. There's no more growth for me because I continued to ask for it and ask for it and ask for it. And I knew, again, that fire in me to become an educator was in me. So I decided that in 2013, I was going to open up an Instagram account because Instagram was really new then. I opened up an Instagram account. It was actually inspired by one of my clients. She was like, you really need to use Instagram. app is so cool. You can show pictures. You can show all of your hair. So that's kind of when I started posting and it actually ended up being really fun, but um, I remember getting my first, like on my first photo I ever posted, I got 13 likes and I'll never forget how excited I was for 13 likes. It was like the most amazing feeling. And it was, there's a certain level of motivation to keep posting on there. And and I remember uh, behind the chair had their Instagram page. They would reshare some of my stuff. Modern Salon would reshare some of my stuff. And then slowly you just kind of started seeing these brands pop up. And I remember in 2013, 14, I kept seeing these brand representatives continuously come into the Ultas. So a lot, like a lot of them do, like you'll get like a, you know, I don't know, a Clinique rep or um, a two-faced rep, right? For, for makeup, you might get some hair brands coming in there. And there was this one rep for uh, Kenra that kept coming in and I, Every time a hair rep would come in, I mean, this was like, I remember Ojan would come in, AG would come in, we'd have a purology person, uh, literally sexy hair. I mean, you name it, any brand that's held at Ulta, a rep would come in and just kind of look at the shelves and I would use that opportunity to just network with them. But this Kenra rep came in and she would always, she would always be there. She was super sweet. And I'd be like, hey, does Kenra have any educators? And she was like, well, you know, actually they're getting ready to launch a color line in 2000, I think it was like 2013, 14. And so we are hiring, but they're really looking for like a true colorist. And I thought to myself, well, I'm a true colorist. That's what I love doing. And so I said, oh, great. You know, where do I apply? So she gave me that information and I applied and as a matter of fact, I applied to Redken because um, Redken was kind of like the OG 
hair color line for me because not only did I use it, but I was also Redken certified and you have to pay like a lot of money to do that. And Ulta had this program where you could get certified through them. Um, so I, I did the certification. It's like this crazy all day long test and not a lot of people pass it. And so I, I held a lot of value in this like Redken certification. I like accomplished something. So I applied to Redken or, you know, L'Oreal brands. I applied to sexy hair. I applied to AG. I applied to a lot of different brands and I stuck to you know, kind of like these top five to continuously apply to. Cause I was like, I'm only gonna, I only want to work for somebody that I really love their products. So Kenra's always was a product line. I loved, I loved their styling line. And so when this rep was like, yeah, just apply. So I applied no callback. And I said, oh, that sucks. Like not my resume did not like even get looked at. And so I decided to revamp my resume I continued to work. And then again, the job, I would always look periodically, like I swear every month I would look to see if there's a job opportunity open to become an educator for some brand. And then I applied again and no call. I applied to numerous jobs. I can probably tell you, I applied probably 30 times to different positions for different brands. And the third time that I applied to Kenra, I finally got a call and I did a phone, several phone interviews. This was over the course of a few months. It was a very long process and I finally got a in-person technical interview with Rob Dubray. And if you know who he is, he kind of helped create the color line for Kenra. He was kind of like the head honcho for the color brand. And I'm having this, you know, what I saw as a platform artist judging my hair technique at this hole in the wall Cosmoprof location. It was just so nerve wracking, but needless to say, I did a, I think I did a good job because I got hired. And so 2014, I decided to leave my Ulta job of nine years and I was bringing in over $2,000 a week in hair services. I had been paid hourly really well. I had health insurance. I got really great tips. I had a solid clientele. And I had to make the hardest decision in my career ever to walk away from this, what I would call a secure paycheck, to starting a brand new job with a brand new company with people that I didn't know and I wasn't sure if I would even stay on board and they would love me. So my whole point with all of this I'm telling you is persistence, right? It's This is being persistent with not giving up on your dreams and goals because a lot of people don't know that about me. They don't know that I had the struggle of making, you know, my mom proud, um, the struggle of making choices for myself, uh, you know, as an adult and, and leaving a secure job of, you know, all of those things are really hard decisions to make as an adult, but sometimes you just got to like jump and go for it. If it's truly your dream and, and what you aspire to do and you have to be okay with, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out and, and knowing that it's a risk, uh, that you're willing to take. I went on board with Kenra. I had an amazing time there for four years. I ended up growing into this role of a regional education manager. 
It was a full-time role. I traveled all across California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Arizona. And then about twice a year, I would fly to Indianapolis. And then I did lots of stage show presentations, everything from like the spring um, hair show in, you know, Arizona, the Las Vegas show. I, I did stuff in California. I did the BTC show a few times. I've done America's beauty show. And then I also ended up having this opportunity because I was networking with these really great artists to develop the very first upstyling campaign for Kenra Professional. So upstyling wasn't even like a thing in for the brand because it was all very color focused. So I ended up creating updos, a series of updos that the other educators ended up teaching to all of the salons across the nation. And I continued to do that for the four years that I was there and it was a really great opportunity and my work ended up getting shared um, and featured in, you know, magazines like The Knot and a lot of my work was even uh, put in like print on the shelf talkers um, and in Ulta's. And so that was really cool to see like how I started at Ulta and then there's my work sitting on a shelf on the Kenra you know, shelf like of hair that I did. It was just kind of crazy. So um, a very like proud moment for myself. And then, yeah, just to see your work in print. And then um, my time at Kenra, I continuously posted on growing my Instagram. Didn't really know exactly where it was going to go, but I was the only educator on the team that had this large following and when I say large following, I think I had like 25,000 followers on Instagram. So if you think like 2015, 16, that's like a lot. And I, yeah, I just continued to grow and grow and grow because even though I finally made it into this educator role, I was like, okay, what is next for me? And I quickly grew this passion for digital education. So now I went from in-person education to, okay, I want to take my education online because I want to reach more people. Like this is truly where I want to live. And so fast forward a little bit, I had my uh, first daughter in 2018 and that's kind of what stemmed or one of the reasons why I decided to leave Kenra was because I was on a plane every single week educating all the time. And I thought, okay, I really need to like ground myself now because I have this brand new baby coming and I still want to do online education. I have this really great following on Instagram. I decided to open up my YouTube channel and I opened up a website for myself. I also started my hair page on Facebook and that's where like the whole growth started because I was networking with other influencers and I honestly had no freaking idea how the influencer world existed and worked. But all I knew is that these people were making shit loads of money as an influencer. And I was like, whoa, I'm getting paid really extremely well at Kenra, but I can make twice that amount and work for myself and still do what I love to do. So having this brand new baby, I decided in 2017, when I got pregnant, I was going to open up a salon down the street from my house in Mission Viejo, California. So I opened up, quietly opened up the salon, 
had my baby, went on maternity leave. And while I was on maternity leave, the goal was I was going to go back to Kenner for like a year or so or maybe continue to grow. I honestly didn't know, but I just knew I had opened up this space where it has like this media room in the back. And the media room was where I was going to record all of my videos because up until that point, I was recording all of my education outside of my house in my dining room. And it just didn't make sense. So having the salon was a great opportunity for me to have the stylist kind of be the bread and butter of paying the rent and allowing me to have this free space to record out of. So that's really like where it stemmed from is just to be able to create content, but still work for the brand. But um, there was like a, a little bit of a disagreeance between the brand and I. So it just turned out that I ended up resigning from my position and I was just going to be a salon owner and be try to go into this like whole online education influencer world by myself and just figure it out. So I did that. And then a couple weeks later, I got a call back from one of the uh, managers for the digital team at Kenra. And they were like, hey, I really want to continue to work with you. Are you would you be interested in doing content still for us, even though you don't work for us? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I still love Kenra and I love everything about it. And who who else knows the brand better than me? So since 2018, we ended up starting this whole like partnership where I would create content on YouTube and uh, and continue to do Instagram. And fast forward, you know, to today my all of my channels have grown exponentially since that time because I was able to focus all of my time and energy into these platforms. And now I have this podcast and I have, uh, you know, an online course for upstyling. I'm actually getting ready to start a mastermind coaching community for hairstylists called Beyond the Chair Mastermind for hairstylists so they can learn how I did all of this so that way you can do it too. And so I have a lot of like these these systems in place that are just kind of moving. And now my salon is, is going to hit that seven figure mark this year. And we survived a pandemic and just, a you know, got innovative and continue to grow the business. And so all of the things that I've done on the back end for each of my businesses, there was a lot of years and a lot of long nights and days and tears and just work you guys like work when I tell you work it was a lot of work and I forgot to mention I also had another baby in the middle of all of that so not only did I have a baby in 2018 I had another one in 2019 so I had these two babies under two years old and I was just surviving (laughs) but looking at my salon today And looking at, you know, even I I just recently hit that 100K uh, subscriber mark on YouTube and having my plaque there and my behind the chair awards and just the success of growing my channels and monetizing all of them. I'm really able to kind of like sit back now and just appreciate all of the hard work that I've done. 
So that's kind of why I wanted to to do this podcast today. And I know this was kind of like a long one. And hopefully this did not bore you. And there's so many more details I can add to all of this. Um, so many, you know, um, side stories I can go into. But I really wanted to share my journey with you because I think a lot of people see you know, the 100K subscribers, they see the 139K followers on Instagram, they see the 400K on YouTube. I'm not, I'm sorry, not YouTube, TikTok. Um, and then I have a lot of email subscribers, this podcast in the salon. I do, I have a lot of moving parts here, but it did not happen overnight. These were all tiny seeds that I have planted along the way from the very, very beginning, from those 1999 days that have gotten me to where I am today. So the next time that you see someone truly successful on the internet, I want you to know that you can do it too. There is nothing holding you back other than you. And I want you to also know that there is a ton of work on the back end. There are lots of sleepless nights and there's just a lot to learn. And and to be honest, like I'm a one man show. Um, I'm actually currently looking for someone to be my assistant and help me on the administrative stuff. So if you know somebody, send me an email at infomorella.com. But I literally do everything myself. I've built my my website by myself. Um, I had to learn all about, you know, SEO. I had to learn about, you know, how to host my website. I had to learn about WordPress. Um, hell, I had to learn how to use this roadcaster that I'm using to record this podcast and audition and Final Cut Pro and and all of these like fancy apps that I use to edit. Um, I had to learn how to use a, a camera. I just invested in a, a Canon R5C and it's like so foreign to me. The, you know, firmware that's in it. I'm just like, it's so overwhelming. But I do, I take the time to learn constantly and research. So I don't want you to ever think that everything's just kind of like on autopilot. It's It all stems from how bad do you want it? Basically, I just don't want you to give up because you feel like it's just pointless. Every little step forward is one step further from where you started the day before. So just remember, continue to work hard and eventually it will happen. Consistency is key in anything you do. So on that note, this wraps up today's episode on Airbnb and overnight success and how to achieve it. If you want to learn more about how to achieve overnight success, end quote, <laughs> make sure you join me on Beyond the Chair Mastermind. It's a live 90-minute social media coaching community for hairstylists where you can join industry leaders of all levels to speak about the digital space of the hair industry, learn the behind the scenes of the hair biz, master the art of creative marketing, and gain endless business education. You'll be able to ask me questions live and rewatch the sessions again and again. So join each group coaching session where you can not only listen in, but interact and spend time with me to uh, ask me all of your burning business questions and social media questions. So basically learn from my mistakes, learn how I grew from my mistakes, took risks and grew a mini empire of profitable six-figure hairstylists and join today so you can become the hairpreneur you always dreamed of. 
And finally, I hope you found my podcast helpful. Helpful, And I have lots of free education on my website, marellamanelli.com, on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And yeah, thanks for joining me on Airbnb. For any more info, email me, info at marellamanelli.com and rate me on iTunes, Stitcher, and make sure to subscribe to the show. And thanks so much for being here, you guys. And I will see you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.